Hi, welcome to Beyond the Complexity, the podcast where Utah Valley Institute students and teachers share their inspiring stories of getting past their complexities and sharing about struggles, trials, and blessings in discovering their relationships with Christ. I'm your host, Rain. In this episode, I will be interviewing Annalie. She just graduated in Spanish and Family Science in May from UVU. She served on the Institute Council as Vice President this past school year. She also loves running and has ran a marathon and is planning to run another one this October. She also enjoys hiking, photography, and spending time with friends. And like all of you listening, Annalie is a seeker. I'm honestly really excited for this episode, you guys. Annalie is probably one of the sweetest people I know, and I'm just really excited for you to learn from her today. Get ready to delve into the stories that remind us that even amidst life's complexities, there's always a path through Jesus Christ beyond the complexity. Hi, welcome back to Simplicity Beyond the Complexity. I am your host, Ray, and today we are here with Annalie. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Absolutely, I'd love to. So my name is Annalie Howells. My family calls me Anna. Um, I am a student at UVU. I'm graduating this semester in Spanish and Family Science. Super excited for that. Um, I'm originally from California. It's a little city called Hemet in Riverside County. It's fun, a little ghetto, but but happy, <laughs> good. I met a lot of great people there. Um, and let's see. I liked to do track and cross country in high school. Okay. Uh, I did that for my freshman and my sophomore year and then got a little lazy later on, but I have picked up running since then and I am obsessed with it. So that's awesome. Did you do what event did you do in high school? So for cross country, it's just the 5k or three miler. And then for track, I mostly did the 1600 and the 3200, which is a mile and two mile. Yeah. And some more of a distance runner than sprints. I'm, I'm not a sprinter at all. <laughs> I'm the slowest sprinter out there. So no, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it's super fun. And I have, so there's six siblings in my family. I served my mission in Chile and I spoke Spanish. So since then, I literally do not know how to say how many siblings I have. I always say we are six siblings, which is like the Spanish way to <laughs> like say it. Like flipped in the sentence. Yeah. And I've been home for four years, so I have no excuse. But yeah. So yeah. So I have five siblings and I'm number four out okay. of six. So, so right in the middle. Mm-hmm. How's yeah. that? You like it? And being right in the middle, older siblings and younger siblings, good mix. And Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like it's a good mix. I always joke that I'm the forgotten child, but <laughs> my family loves me. They give me attention. I'm not neglected. <laughs> so it's good. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So you said you served your mission in Chile, right? Yes, I did. That's awesome. I How- served from 2019 to 20. 20- Oh my goodness. Nope. I am getting the years wrong. I served from 2017 to 2019. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right on. How was that experience? Oh my goodness. It was life-changing for me, honestly. Um, it was definitely hard. Um, thankfully I was actually on bikes most of my mission. Um, and so that was really nice, but there was just like, physically it was really hard. And then mentally it was really hard and yeah, everything, but like, 
so worth it. <laughs> like all of the work that was put into it, like we could always see the fruits of it in one way or another. And Chileans are literally the sweetest, most loving people <laughs> of my life. And the Chilean accent is one of my favorite Spanish accents. So it was so good. So good. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I know um, when we talked before, you talked a little bit about, and if it's okay if we jump right into that complexity, Let's do um, it. a little bit of complexity on your mission with your um, like your family life a little bit and a little bit of a, a trial that you went through personally. Yeah. If you want to talk a little bit about that. I would love to. Thank you. Um, yeah. So a few, I guess there, yeah, there were a couple complexities. So um you always hear before you go on a mission, um, like go on a mission and your family will be so blessed. And I like heard all of these like super cool miracles. Right. <laughs> and I was like, heck yeah, like that's going to be me. Um, and that, at least in the way that I expected, it did not happen at all. Like honestly, kind of the opposite happened. So, um, I went on my mission and, my older siblings were not active in the church. Um, and I was like, maybe I'll go on my mission and like, <laughs> I'll bear my testimony. I would text, I would not text them. Uh, I would send them emails and I would share my testimony with them just in like a simple way, you know, but I would share my testimony yeah. and um, yeah, I just kind of thought, okay, maybe, maybe that'll that'll give them the little push. And I just had so much hope in my heart and I was, I would pray for them all the time. And I was just so happy about it. Um, and then like didn't happen. Um, and then in addition to that, I had, um, some of my other siblings, my two younger siblings, they would email me and kind of tell me about their difficulties, how they're trying their best to hold on to their testimony, but they're struggling too. And I was like, God, like I'm serving you. Help like this is not out. what I was promised before yeah, my mission. Exactly. And then um I it was the craziest day, but on a P day, um just things just didn't seem right. My parents hadn't emailed me and my mom was true to sending me emails. She sent me an email every week and I was like, that's weird. And my friend emailed me and said, I'm so sorry to hear about your sister. And I was like, what oh, about no. my sister? <laughs> and I had like a little panic attack in our little cyber cafe that we were emailing at. Um, and I was just crying and really sad. And I called my mission president and he was unavailable. But then he called me back and he told me what had happened. So my sister had a brain hemorrhage and um, she had been in a coma and they weren't sure if she was going to survive or not. And That's so scary. Yeah. Especially being away from your family and not hearing about it until <laughs> I didn't know about <laughs> last it. Minute. Yeah. My parents were like, we wanted to protect her. And so they didn't tell me about it until they figured out that she was going to be okay, which mm -hmm. They just felt like that would be best for me, and, and I'm grateful for it so that I didn't have to be freaking out, wondering if my sister was going to die. Um, but it was hard because it was a brain injury, and so she had brain surgery, and, like, they were telling me about the effects that it had had on her. And so it was just hard to know that, like, I left on my mission, um, and then I was going to come back to a sister that had different difficulties, you know, and, and she was going to be different and that was going to be something to adjust to. 
Um, and so it kind of broke my heart because I didn't know what that would look like. And it was so hard. And I was like, once again, I was like, God, I'm like really confused about this. But, <laughs> um, you know, everything happens for a reason. I would, I would, I didn't understand everything that was going on and why it was going on. Um, but I never questioned God's goodness during it all. Like yeah. I still saw his hands so much and he comforted me and he gave me such good opportunities to come closer to him in those experiences. So kind of felt a little bit blessed, even though it was still a big trial. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause I think back on it and I'm like, yeah, I had some like really hard days where I was really sad. Um, but I just felt his hand strengthening me the whole time. So it was really good. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's beautiful. And, um, I know, uh, also when we talked before that it, um, it was a little bit of a, a big stressful experience for not only you, but yeah, your family as well. And kind of things changed from there and yeah, in relationships too. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so once again, I'm like thinking to myself, I'm going to come home and my family's going to want to hear me like share the gospel with them. I was like, we can have a family evening and I'll talk about the plan of salvation. They're all going to be like, wow, this is true stuff I want back. Um, and my older siblings did not care about that at all. And that didn't happen. And then on top of that, um, yeah, I had a conversation with my mom. She sat me down and was like, so there's some things I want to talk to you about. And this was like maybe a week after my mission. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I'm like, where are these blessings that everybody promised? And it was so hard. But um, so my mom told me a few things that were hard. And then she said, um, also, I'm struggling with my faith right now. Um, I just feel like there were a lot of promises that God um, has given me that have not been fulfilled. Um, and so I'm having a hard time with my faith. And I was like, wait, my mom too? Like, this is so hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was tough. Um, and I think one of the big things was that, like, my mom is so strong and so good. And she has tried so hard to teach the gospel in our home, right? Like I was raised in a gospel-centered home. Uh, we would, we weren't perfect, but we would try to read the Book of Mormon at night. We would try to have family home evenings um, and we'd go to church um, and my mom really did her best. And so to see that her efforts to help my siblings weren't showing the fruits that she was hoping for, I think that just kind of felt like God was making promises that he wouldn't fulfill. Mm. So that was hard for her. Yeah. Yeah. And probably not only hard for her, but probably hard for the family too, kind of, and especially you coming home from a mission, just a little bit confused and <laughs> not really knowing what to do or how to talk to your family too. Probably <laughs> felt like you're stepping on the nice a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. When we talked the other day, um, so it was just funny. I remember, um, like coming home you're when you're on your mission you're just so sheltered from a lot of things and yeah. you're just so focused <laughs> on one thing which is Jesus and it is the coolest thing like I love it so much that we can just um talk about Jesus and then coming home uh I remember being in the airport and like my brother like dropped the f-bomb or something and I was like 
oh my goodness, I haven't heard that word in so long. And it was just like a culture shock. You know, I had just been so shielded. Um, And so one thing that I really loved that I have been able to learn is um, that I can live my gospel life. I can live on, I can be on the covenant path. I can do all of those things. And that does not mean that I have to go judge my siblings for not living that or living in the way that I live my life. And it doesn't mean that they are bad or that they're wrong. And so it was cool for me to be, it has been an experience for me to see like, okay, I know that this is something that brings me joy and that this is something that I want in my life, but it doesn't take away their value and their worth as individuals. Not that I ever like questioned that, just that it was kind of like this awkward transition at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just, I we talked about this as well. I think that's just kind of an erroneous culture idea that cultural idea that we have that like, oh, if somebody has stepped away from the church, then like, I don't know, there's something wrong with them or like, hopefully they'll come back and like love them till they come back. It's like, well, actually, I think we need to love them even if they don't come back, right? Like yeah. we love them for who they are. Um, so yeah, sorry, that was a long spiel, but like no. I feel very passionately that like the culture of Christ is not to judge other people for their journey, but just to love them and, you know, be responsible for your own journey and what you're doing. So no, I love that. And I remember talking to you about that before. Um, and you specifically saying that that's what being a true Christian is, right? Is, is loving them and it's through your actions, not necessarily through your words of testifying to them all the time. Yeah. Which I think that that's really beautiful and a lesson that a lot of people need to learn. Yes. Um, and, and I think you're a really good example of that too. What have you done to kind of, um, and I know people probably listening and even um, me in my life too, I have like relatives who are not members of the church what have you done to keep those relationships but also set healthy boundaries to make sure that you're not crossing boundaries but also that you're being christ-like in your actions too yeah yeah um so it was like i don't know it it's definitely been a process right and and it's just learning and if you say something stupid and you feel dumb about it or you feel bad about it that's okay. We're all imperfect and we're all human. And so if you say something that kind of just seems ignorant and hurtful to somebody, um, I would say just be humble enough to apologize, first of all. Um, And yeah, like I think one thing that I tried to do is is, um, take interest in my siblings' lives, right? And um, whatever it is they're doing, like I'll focus on the the good, right? And so like I always ask my siblings about how work is going for them. Oh, like my two of my brothers are waiters. How much, how much did you make in tips tonight? You know? (laughs) Um, and so I always try to focus on the good and show them that love. Um, and then, yeah, sometimes those conversations do come up about the church, right? And, um, we have such completely different beliefs and ideas about it. And, um, I don't think it's wrong to defend what you believe. And I think that is totally okay. Um, One thing that I have done after I defend myself, I say, okay, like 
I don't think we need to talk about this anymore. Like, I, you know, I love Jesus. I know that you don't want anything to do with the church and that's okay. Yeah. But let's just, let's talk about anything but that. And I think it's okay to set that boundary. Um, Cause like we talked about earlier, um, you don't have to preach to somebody to help them come back. Uh, you show through love and example. And eventually as you're doing that, it could come the time where uh, they are open to hearing that. But you're not going to convert somebody through arguing and through yeah. debating. And so I've never, it would be a waste of my time to try to argue with my, <laughs> with my family <laughs> members until they agree with what I believe, you know, it, it wouldn't work. So I like that. Agree to disagree and just show Christ-like love yeah. in your example. Yeah. That's beautiful. Is there, um, I know you said that there were struggles with a little bit of figuring out those relationships when you got home and with your sister being going through surgery and stuff. Um, were there any other trials that came up at that time, maybe feeling a little bit alone in the church or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess I, I've talked a little bit about, so my three older siblings um, weren't active before I left on my mission. And then coming home, my mom started to have that that faith crisis where she's like, okay, God, like, where are these answers? Um, and then slowly, um, like my two younger brothers decided to step back as well, to step away, um, which I was... I was a little sad about because I was like, we were reading Preach My Gospel together, you know, oh, we were trying our best. Um, uh, but, you know, agency is a real thing. And that's just what they decided. And and I, I like, I don't think I hid my sadness about it because I do love the gospel and I, I really wanted that for them. But also I just loved and supported them with their decisions that they made and um, made sure that they knew that my love was not conditional on if you want to serve a mission, if you want to go to church. Um, so that was really hard. And then, yeah, my mom actually sat me down again later on. Um, is it okay if I share this story? It's like actually amazing. Like it's a beautiful story and it, um, if I get emotional at any point, sorry, (laughs) sorry, not sorry. Um, so, uh, my mom sat me down one day and she said like, hey, okay. And my family calls me Anna. I said that earlier. So she was like, hey, Anna, I have something I really want to tell you. Um, I just, I, I'm not in the church anymore. And I was like, okay. She goes, I'm actually, yeah, uh, I'm kind of against it. Not super into it right now. Um, and we both started crying, like, because she knows how much it means to me. And so it broke her heart having to tell me that. And it broke my heart because, you know, she raised me um, in that. And she's always been that example to me. She's always been so strong and faithful in that. And she's still so, so strong and faithful, right? Um, she just has a different way of expressing that now. Um, but that was really hard. And it shook me. It was like, this is... Like everything that I've learned growing growing up, everything that I believe in has come from that woman. And now she's telling me that she doesn't believe in that. So what does that mean for me? Yeah. And it was on a Sunday and I like to, so I was driving back to my apartment and I was like 
really shaken up like god I don't know what's going on like am I doing the right thing am I not like do I need to take a different path or like am I supposed to be in your gospel still in your church like is this your church I don't know so I'm like freaking out driving home um and I like sometimes on Sundays I have this radio station on that like plays church music and it just so happened to be playing a talk by Elder Bednar called A Welding Link. Mm. And um, it was it was an answer from God. God was telling me right there. So in the talk, I highly recommend reading it, whoever you are. Um, it basically, Elder Bednar slash God was telling me that I am the welding link between my past generations um, and my future generations, that I need to stay in the church, be strong so that I can connect everybody together and so that we can we can stay together as a family. Um, and just, it was like so clear. Like, what are the odds of, and it was like the perfect timing of the talk and everything. Like, it literally felt like God was telling me right then and there, this is you and this is what I need from you. And I was like, okay, God. And then I actually... <laughs> I texted my mission president and I was like, I'm going through a hard time. Can you send me conference talks? And then he responded to me and he said, let's call. Let's call tomorrow. Oh. And so <laughs> you're like, that's what I needed. <laughs> He's like a second dad to me. I literally love that man. He is the best person ever. Reed Harris. He's a temple president at Twin Falls right now. And <laughs> I just love him. We talked for like an hour and he just really helped me out. So. Yeah, it's like, this is what needs to happen. And God still sent you that little support saying, hey, I'm still here. And like, I'm, I'm here with you. And it's okay. And yeah. it's gonna be okay. Yeah. And, and your call in that too. And your role in that. Yeah, that difficulty. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I love that. And Thank that personal you. revelation too. Thank you. Thank you. That's super beautiful. Um, Kind of, I kind of want to focus a little bit more on the family relationships because yeah. um, I know like especially there's a lot of people who have left the church in the past few years and a lot of debate and arguing has come up in a, I feel like a lot of people's families too yeah and I know we talked a little bit about it but what would you recommend um, or if you have any more advice on how to like be a Christ-like example and how to show love and even like how to support your own foundation in in continuing forward and how to stay strong when everyone around you is kind of it's all crazy <laughs> wow okay um <laughs> that was like yeah. a bunch of questions and one of <laughs> we'll start with one and, and we'll go from there um so as far as um just maintaining loving good relationships with uh family members um I'll actually share another experience. Sorry, that's all I got. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so um, I really do think spirit of the law over letter of the law. So um, my older brother, when he was, uh, so, okay, really quickly, I forgot to include this. Most of my family lives in Washington State now. And then my mom and my sister, who had the brain injury, they live in South Carolina now. Okay. So, 
before one of my older brothers moved to Washington with everybody, um, he was living here in Utah and he worked at a sports bar and, um, it was, it was a Sunday and he was about to leave for Washington and his coworkers and his friends, they threw him a little going away party and it was at this sports bar and it was on a Sunday (laughs) and, I'm over here like, oh my goodness, Lord, like, what do I do? I <laughs> like, love I kind of need revelation right now. <laughs> I love my brother. I also love you. Like, is it going against it? And I went. I went to support him. Did I order, like, I didn't order, like, a burger and fries. You know, it's not like I was, like, milking it and being like, well, I'm doing it for my brother eating these cheese curds or anything like that. But, like, I went to the sports bar and... It was the cutest thing, like, when he saw me. And I was in my church clothes still, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, he, when he saw me, because it was a surprise party, um, he saw me and he was crying and he came up to me and he says, Anna, you came to a bar on a Sunday for me? (laughs) And that was really cool. And so I think um, one way that we can really help our relationships to um stay strong is to remember what is the culture of Christ versus what is just like Utah culture and like different things that people teach like oh do's and don'ts you know like it should fit this box because me being at a sports bar on a Sunday does not fit any any (laughs) of those Utah member culture boxes right it it's outside of it but it did fit the culture of Christ. It was saying, Romney, that's my brother's name, I love you and I want to be there to support you. And I don't, I'm not here to fit any molds. I'm just here to love you. And so I think that's really big and important. So I love that. Thanks. Having that mindset of, of like, what would Christ do in that moment? And yeah, thing <laughs> it was it was a cool seeing him crying I was like okay yeah I made the right decision Worth it. <laughs> made my brother cry <laughs> he's a little teddy bear so he cries all the time it's so cute but yeah so oh cute and I bet that strengthened the relationship too seeing that you were willing to sacrifice for that relationship and yeah 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 I will say um like once again counsel with the Lord on those decisions, right? Because I do think that there can be environments and situations that you can absolutely avoid. Like if you're, if you feel like your siblings are like, Hey, like come to the club with me, we're going to be like drinking and doing this. And you don't feel comfortable with that. You can say no. Um, I think, um, and honestly, it's not like I, I go to the sports bar all the time, you know, it was for this one event. So I think it's important make sure that you check in with the Lord and you check in with your own values to say, is this something that I feel comfortable with? And will it be an edifying good experience, right? Um, So I think that's something to consider for sure. There was one like sacred, wonderful experience. And I won't go like a ton into details, but... um, Basically, my mission president, I went in for an interview and I shared with him a little bit about the my my family struggles. Um, and I had like, oh, I was a, I was a fiery missionary. OK, and I loved I loved truth. I loved 
like testifying. And so I was a little preachy sometimes with my family members. Um, and so I remember I had sent an email that was just a little strong and a little forceful to my dad. And I got an email back from my mom and she was like, that was not your place. Like, don't do that, please. And she was very kind about it. But I was like, what the heck? I was just spitting truth. Like, why am I getting in trouble? Um, and I told my mission president about it because I was distraught. And I was like, isn't this what I'm supposed to be doing? Um, and he was like, so, and that's kind of where I've gotten this idea of preaching isn't always what you need to do. Cause he was like, your family, they already know, like they've been in the gospel. It's not like you're telling them new principles, right? Like you don't need to preach to them about these things. They're already aware of it. Um, and then he pulled out the scriptures, went to Luke chapter 15, um, and he shared three different stories. Um, there's the story of when the shepherd puts the sheep on his shoulder and brings them away. There's the story of the woman who has um, <clears throat> lost her little coin and she has to clean her house. So she has to clean from within to recognize that she was the one that lost it. And then uh, there's a prodigal son who w like knowingly, willingly rebelled against his father um and his father was was waiting for him like he he comes to himself right and he's coming back and what does the father do he runs to him um and so my mission president was reading these stories to me um and he gave me advice that uh like has it like when he said it the spirit just like came down on both of us in that moment. We were looking at each other crying, just like, wow. Um, he gave me advice on how to deal with, uh, you know, the hardship, like the sadness that I experienced of not having my family in the gospel. And he said, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to fast, pray, love, and then wait. And the waiting is the hard part because um, you just want it now, you know. You want your family to experience that joy that you have to be able to experience the love of the Savior and the, his redeeming power. And so the waiting part sucks. Um, but I really do have faith that if I do that, if I'm fasting for them, if I'm praying for them and I'm showing them that love, um, that someday they'll, they'll be there and we'll all be together. So, yeah. Well, I don't, it took me a second to realize um, that God blesses us in different ways when we go on our missions. And so even though I wasn't seeing these blessings um, that I was expecting, like all of my siblings to come back and it was kind of the opposite that happened, you know, and I was so confused for a while. And then I had this super cool realization where it was like, Annalie, I have, like, you've gone on a mission and you have come to know me. And that is the best blessing that you can have. Um, and so as I've come to know God and Jesus Christ, um, it's helped me stand strong and stand alone um, since then. And so that is an experience and, a re like, relationships that I wouldn't trade for the world.
so no i love that thanks that's awesome (laughs) is there um as we're wrapping up just a little bit is there any advice you would give to anybody listening right now who's stuck in that complexity or maybe has family members stuck in that complexity yeah um, that you would maybe tell them or give them yeah absolutely um so i have definitely felt lonely at times it's hard being the only like active member in my family uh it it could be really hard if I didn't turn to my savior for that help and um there's a lot of different ways that I do that um I man there there's a lot of different things that I like to do um one of the things so like right after my mom had told me that she was stepping away um I had this habit already I would drive to the Provo Temple and just like Sunday nights I would just sit outside of the Provo Temple and I would just talk out loud to God and we would just have conversations and like I still think about those moments and they're so sacred like they were so cool like so I think just finding that quiet peaceful moment to be able to really talk to your heavenly father um you need that and then that was during covid so i couldn't go inside of the temple at the time but guess what (laughs) the temples are opened so one thing that i've been doing lately is um is just to dedicate myself more to the temple to the house of the lord um so i would say if if you are going no if you're going through a hard time or you're not going through a complexity, like create this foundation now so that when the complexity comes, because complexities will come in your life regardless, make sure that you're on a sure foundation. And so make going to the temple a habit. And if you're not at the temple yet, make yourself worthy and go because those experiences and the spirit that is there is incredible like I have come close so much closer to my savior through that and then scripture study I know it's they're all the basics and it seems sometimes it's like yeah 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 I've heard that so much I have seen a big difference when I take my scripture study seriously and when I take it a little bit more casually and so I would say just intentionally read the words of Christ you know um, I love the Book of Mormon. You learn so much about Jesus. You learn so much about who you need to be and what you need to do um, in order to find joy, in order to love others. And um, yeah, so um, that's my advice. Just you, you can't control what other people do. You can't you can never force somebody into the gospel and thank goodness for that because that would suck. (laughs) Um, But you can control what you do and how strong you can be. And so take control of your life, of your testimony, and then you doing that will open up so many doors and will soften the hearts of those around you. And I really believe the promise that eventually, after my hard work, after everything that I'm trying to do, that, um, yeah, my family members someday, they're going to know. They're going to know that this was all true, <laughs> <laughs> that I was on to something, and they're going to remember my love that I had for them. And, 
that's what's going to help them choose to accept the gospel. So I love that. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much today. I think I think we've learned a lot about healthy family relationships and and boundaries and and ways to keep your faith strong in in difficult times. So thank you so much. You've shared a lot today and I'm really excited for our listeners to hear this. So thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You are literally a ray of sunshine. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or would like to be interviewed yourself, please contact us at beyondthecomplexity at gmail.com and give us a follow on Instagram. Our username is beyondthecomplexity. Also, if you would like to help out with the Institute and special projects like this, please reach out. We could always use more help on the marketing team here at the Institute, and there are so many opportunities to volunteer. Also, if you are a young adult in Utah County, join us here at the Institute and sign up for classes. See you soon.